This is the Kingdom at Hand podcast from Hosanna Free Lutheran Church in St. James, Minnesota, and I am Pastor Joe Faldet. Today's sermon is from our Ash Wednesday service, and we're going to be looking at the church in Ephesus through the eyes of Revelation 2, verses 1 through 7. So f- for our uh, sermons during the Lenten season, we're going to be going over the seven churches in the book of Revelation. And we're going to be doing those in panel format. Um, but because tonight was Ash Wednesday, I thought I would just take it. Uh, and we're going to be looking at the church in Ephesus in Revelation 2, verses 1 through 7. If you'd please rise then out of honor of God's word. Revelation 2, verses 1 through 7. And I apologize for not having a slideshow or anything. I just didn't have time. Revelation 2, verses 1 through 7. That's found on page 1,311. The church in Ephesus. And I read in Jesus' name. Revelation 2, verses 1 through 7. To the angel of the church in Ephesus, write, The words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your toil, your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil. You have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Yet this you have. You hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Let us pray. Father, As we come and study just one small aspect of this letter, we ask that you would bless us and guide us, Lord, that you would strengthen us to understand your word and to apply it into our lives. Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. And so, I actually grabbed my sermon notes so that I remember... um, where I'm going because with these letters they're actually deceptive because they seem really pretty short but then when you start getting into them you realize that that Jesus really packs a lot in there and so this isn't just some simple letter um, but rather it's it's ridiculously deep and there's lots of there's lots of stuff to discuss and uh, I I wanted to try to keep this a little shorter so uh, we're just hitting on some surface level things. But as we get into this, uh, it's not Paul, but Jesus starts out by, by talking to the church about all of the stuff that they're doing. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. And so that's quite, the, that's quite the praise that Jesus gives to the church in Ephesus. You know, 
they are living in a place where the world is pressing in on them. And false Christians, well, people who call themselves Christians, these false apostles, they're coming in and they're trying to bring false doctrine into the church in Ephesus. And the Ephesians are standing strong. They're standing against those lies that are coming in. And that's, that's really important. Because what happens to a church when, when we start believing lies? Well, it, it really is bad. Because then, well, a lot of things happen to the church that's believing lies. There's no re- more reason to come. Well, for a little while, people might get excited, but ultimately it, it crumbles from within. It rots. Churches that absorb lies, they rot. Because lies, it's like a fungus inside of a tree. You know, once that fungus gets into the inside of the tree, the tree is just, it's dead. It's just waiting to fall. This is the reality. And so then we as Christians, we have to take this to heart. That we have to be careful that these false, that these uh, lies, these false doctrines don't come in. And we have to be careful who, who we let teach. You know, because... There's a lot of people in this world that don't really know their Bibles. I, I think about that as I do, you know, interact with um, other counselors, these people who call themselves Christian counselors, and it's just terrible, some of the stuff that's being taught. You know, and so it's defensive. I know your works, your toil and patient endurance. And so if you're patiently enduring something, are you having huge successes? No. You know, you patiently endure something, it's, it's that constant grind. If uh, you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, found them to be false. We just talked about that. How you are patiently, or enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake and have not grown weary. And so we get a picture of a church that's besieged. And what happens when a town is besieged? You have, false, you have apostles coming in, people claiming to be apostles coming in, trying to gain entrance into the church, and then you are patiently enduring. You are not growing weary. And they are besieged by the world. But what happens after you're besieged for long enough? It really starts to wear you down. Because nobody has an infinite amount of patience. And so that's both the good thing about the church in Ephesus but also the bad thing in the church in Ephesus. Because Jesus turns around and he says, but, but I have this against you. You have, what does it say here? You have abandoned. I have this against you. You have abandoned the love you had at first. And in the Greek, that's, that's an aorist tense. And that means something that's completed. It's done. It's, it's not that you are abandoning. It's that you have left behind your love. And it's an active tense too. And so it doesn't necessarily mean that it was intentional, but it means that this isn't something that's passive that happened to them. Rather, it's something that they engaged in. You have left your first love. You have abandoned that. You have left it behind. And that's, that's scary because the people in the church in Ephesus, they're trying to hold fast to the truth. They're holding fast to the doctrines that they've been given. They're holding fast to the church. They're holding fast to the community that they have. They're, they're hunkered down and they're walled up against the world. And they're holding fast to that. And Jesus says, that's good, but that's not enough. 
you have abandoned your first love. You have left behind something that is vital. And what is that thing that's vital? Well, it's your first love. And that doesn't mean like first as in this is the earliest love that you had, but it means first in terms of priority. This is your most important love. You hold fast to these things, but you've forgotten your most important love, the one that should come first. And so as I was envisioning this, I was thinking about a tree. You've got this tree with this very strong trunk, and then off of that strong trunk, you've got these two branches. And on one branch, that's the defensiveness. And the people of Ephesus, they've left the trunk of the tree, and they're stuck out on this branch of defensiveness. They've left Jesus behind, and they're off on defending. They're just besieged. They're defending themselves. They're hunkered down. They're maintaining their church. They're just waiting, waiting for things to turn around, waiting for things to get better, waiting for things to right themselves. And we're just going to sit on this branch of defensiveness and we're going to hold off against the world. But they left Christ. Because is Christ just doctrine? Is Christ just defense? Is the kingdom of God just a walled fortress? Is that what the kingdom of God is? No, it's not. Good job, you guys. It's not that. That's not the kingdom of God. We're not just to hunker down and hole up and wait for the world to change around us, you know, the sun to start shining so that we can, you know, we can leave our homes and, and go and walk in peace and safety. We've abandoned Jesus. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. And so the church in Ephesus, at the beginning of, you know, when you read through the book of Acts and read the letter to the Ephesians, it was a very active church. It was a church that was bringing the gospel out. And so what did they do? They hunkered down and they, they holed up and they quit bringing the attack out. They quit attacking Satan. They just let Satan attack them. You know, that's scary. Because if you're not bringing the gospel out, if you're not actually taking these doctrines, and so I don't know if you guys have ever heard the saying, you need to have good seed in order to have good crops. You guys ever heard that, that saying before? Usually what that means is you need to have solid doctrines in order to make solid Christians. They're like, well, yeah, that's 100% true. But what good is good seed if it's stuck in your bin or stuck in the bags? So you need to have good seed in order to have good crops, but you need to plant good seed in order to grow good crops. And so it's not that we can just have these doctrines because, you know, I'm, Hosanna's a member of the AFLC, and I really like the AFLC. And I think the AFLC is, as far as I can tell, now, granted, I am, you know, male, Norwegian, and human, so I have blind sides. Uh, but I think we do a good job of lining up with the biblical doctrines. But why? Is it just so that we can have biblical doctrines? No. It's so those biblical doctrines can change us. Because if they're not being applied to my life, first and foremost, I can never apply them to the lives of others. That's why Jesus says repent, because what do you have to repent of? Sin. 
It's actually sinful to not be taking these doctrines, to not be taking these good things that we have and applying them into our lives. That's actually sin. It's actually sin to not be taking these doctrines and planting them into the world. These truths of the gospel. If we're not doing that, we're actively sinning. That's why Jesus says repent. He doesn't just say stop doing it or start doing it. He says repent. That's a strong word in Christianity. That means you are actively doing something that's wrong. So what do we do? We come back to that trunk. We come back to Christ because Christ, the kingdom of God, is defensive. Absolutely. You know, and and the gates of hell shall not overcome it. Is the kingdom of God defensive? Yeah. But it's also offensive. As you're going, make disciples of all nations. Actually, it's a preposition, active preposition in the Greek. So the idea there in the Great Commission is that wherever you're doing, wherever you're going, be making disciples. As you're living your life, be making disciples. As you go to Timbuktu, make disciples. As you go to the grocery store, make disciples. As you rise up, as you lie down, make disciples. As you're going. And so it's both a defensive religion and it's an offensive religion. Do you know there was a, um, a debate by a guy named uh, St. Not St. John of Damascus, but it was John of Damascus. I don't know if he was a saint or not. doesn't matter. Um, but he was debating a Muslim scholar. And this is, you know, during the early days of Islam. So we're talking like 1200s, uh, 1000 AD. And this Muslim scholar came and he said, you claim to be Christians, but you're not, exhi- you're not exhibiting any of the signs or wonders that Jesus did. What gives? And this... Christian scholar, John of Damascus, said, it's because our monks are no longer missionaries. That was the Nestorian church. That was the Eastern church. That was the church in Iran and Iraq and Afghanistan. That's the church that no longer exists. Because what happens when we cease to be missionaries? What happens when we cease to bring the gospel out? Jesus says here, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. What is the lampstand? Lampstand is something that holds the light high. What is the lampstand? That's the church. I'm going to remove your church. I'm going to remove the church from the place that you live. Not just your congregation, but Christianity will cease to exist where you are if you don't bring the gospel out. If you don't apply this to your life and then bring that out into the world. If you leave Christ and hold fast to your congregation, it's a bad spot. If you leave Christ and hold fast to your doctrine, it's a bad spot. If it's not, if you're not living it, if you're not bringing it out, if you're not walking in the fullness of the kingdom of God, Jesus says, it's going to die. I'm going to remove it. Christianity will cease to exist where you live. That's quite a condemnation. That's scary. He who has an ear, I'm not going to get into the Nicolaitans and all that stuff. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers. So not the one who endures. That's not what he tells the Ephesians. Not the one who endures. It's the one who conquers. What's your attitude towards Christianity? Is it something that is just for me? Is it something that can get me through the bad days? 
Or is it actually something that the world needs? The one who conquers. We should be active as Christians. Taking these things into ourselves and then bringing these things into the world. Because we live in a world that needs Jesus. Right? You know, how much... I, I am curious what this coronavirus is going to bring about, but in some ways I think it's going to bring about a renewed sense that we are not in control. We need God. Because God is in control. The CDC isn't. They can't control anything. But God can. So, this Ash Wednesday, I want you guys to be thinking about that. We need to embrace the wholeness of the gospel. Both the defensive and the offensive aspects. Both the for me and for them. Both the doctrine and the application. Because as we hold fast to Christ who is the center, then we'll have all of these things. Now if you're just pursuing application and pursuing evangelism but not pursuing doctrine you're going to run into problems too because then you're going to have bad seed and then bad seed doesn't create good churches, doesn't create good Christianity. But if you've got solid doctrine and you're not planting it, you've got a waste of time. Any questions? Anything to add? We're a small group. You don't have to be shy. I'll cut it out of YouTube. Unless it's really good, then I would add it. If not, let's close with a word of prayer. Father, thank you. We thank you for this warning, Lord, and for this promise. Lord, that, that you are pleased with our enduring. Lord, that you are pleased with us seeking to have solid doctrine, truth to stand upon. Lord, we also thank you for this warning. But that's not enough. I pray that we would hold fast to Christ. Lord, and that we would let him change us. Lord, that we'd be excited about your word and your doctrines. Lord, that we would be pumped to share this with the people around us. Father, because they need it. Lord, and, I, and we need it. Lord, we need it. May we apply these truths into our lives and live them out. May your Holy Spirit come upon us and change us. Lest we lose our church. Or let, not, let that end not come, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. If you'd like more content, you're welcome to check out our website, www.hosannafreelutheran.com, or you can check out our YouTube page, Hosanna Free Lutheran Church.